Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. Plenty coming your way in this hour of Seattle Sports Saturday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. We've got a big three. We've got some NFL headlines. Also, plenty of Olympic action going on right now. We've got the opening ceremonies last night. Shout out to Sue Bird's mom's boyfriend making an appearance. Sort of stealing the show there. But uh, lots to get to in this hour. So why not get it started with the big three? Number one. Well, you mentioned it, Curtis, but NBA Finals all wrapped up. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 50 points in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. And the Milwaukee Bucks won their first NBA title since 1971. It was a legendary performance from the Greek freak as he made sure the Suns didn't have a chance to win it on their floor in Game 7. Thousands watched inside and thousands watched outside as the Bucks won. And P.J. Tucker beat a former Rockets teammate in every single round on his way to win the NBA title. So pretty cool stat there. Milwaukee had been the NBA's most dominant regular season team in each of the past two years, only to fall short to the Toronto Raptors two years ago and then the Miami Heat last year. But again, don't sleep on this Suns team. They could remain one of the Western Conference's best teams even beyond next season as they have a young core with good veteran leadership. So we'll keep an eye on the NBA as it moves forward. But the NBA season is officially done for this year. Number two. One week to go before the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, and we saw the first big domino to fall this week as the Rays acquired everyone's favorite player, Nelson Cruz, from the Minnesota Twins. Look, as as someone that covers the Mariners and is also a Mariners fan, it was a pipe dream that Nelson Cruz would, would make his valiant return to Seattle. Unfortunately, that does not look like will be a possibility as the Rays very much in the thick of the playoff chase, making a big addition, adding him to that lineup. And get, I mean, how else would Nelson introduce himself to Rays fans? By going yard in his second at bat with the team, just as he does. He delivers every single time. Uh, in situations like that. Going yard against Cleveland on Friday night, no surprise about that. Now, speaking of Cleveland, big news breaking on Friday morning as that team has chosen a new team name they'll be going by in the beginning of the 2022 season. The Cleveland Guardians, named for the Guardians of Traffic statues that welcome you upon first arriving in Cleveland. The team made the announcement in a video narrated by Tom Hanks, of all people. Shout out to him. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. And while a new team name does sound weird at first, Cleveland Guardians, you know, not... Well, we've had 100-plus years of saying Cleveland Indians. Of course, it's going to sound different the first time you hear Cleveland Guardians or the first time you say it. But you know what? It's going to become normal after a few years. That's just how it works with new team names. Remember when we heard Seattle Kraken for the first time? Probably caught you off guard, but look, it's going to become normal the more often you say it. Cleveland Guardians, the newest team in Major League Baseball. Number three. 
Well, the Olympics underway. Are you excited? I know I am to finally have some uh, national pride in the athletics of the Team USA competing on that international stage, rather. Uh, Opening ceremonies taking place yesterday as Seattle legend and future Hall of Famer Sue Bird held the flag proudly for Team USA as one of their flag bearers as they entered the stadium there in Tokyo. It's been a year since the games were supposed to start and take place. So these are technically the 2020 Olympic Games, even though they take place in the summer of 2021. Some of them are dominant U.S. teams already starting to struggle heading into the Olympics, specifically with the basketball and soccer teams, both dropping some surprising results in the lead up to the Olympics. But both, again, with the opportunity, plenty of time to bounce back and medal in their respective sports. So today you have some uh, sports taking place. You have three on three women's basketball. Shout out Kelsey Plum, former UW grad on that team. You got women's archery going on tomorrow morning. If you're into that type of thing, you got some artistic gymnastics with the women's balance, as well as some other things happening today with women's gymnastics. So keep an eye on the Olympics as they start to take place over the next two weeks. Yeah, that is this hour's big three. We're gonna get we're gonna get into some more Olympic talk in about 25 minutes from now. Just look at some of the biggest moments in past Olympics. Do we still get excited for them? You know, every four years they come around. Does it hit the way it used to back in the day when you know that was like the only thing on TV during the summer or during the winter time? Uh, that comes your way in about 25 minutes from now. But getting back to the NBA Finals, Taylor, I mean, down 2-0, the Bucks storm back in a series where Giannis wasn't even really expected to play at the beginning, and then he turns in one of the best Finals performances we've ever seen, not just in the clincher in Game 6, but really through the entire series. Averaged, like, what was it, 13 or 30 points, 14 boards, 5 assists, something ridiculous like that. It is so hard to kind of like pinpoint who Giannis reminds me of over the past, you know, in comparison to past players. People have said Shaq, but man, Giannis, he seems a little more multifaceted than Shaq offensively. But boy, he is just, he is at another level in the basketball world where there are so many incredible superstars. I mean, Giannis has entered into that stratosphere as as one of the all-time greats. And, I mean, he's only, what, like 26 years old, 27 years old? Uh, the world is his oyster. I cannot wait to see what this guy's going to accomplish the rest of his career. Yeah, like you said, only 26. He stayed in Milwaukee. They have that core together of what seems like for the next few years. Um, yeah. And, and look, it's not like he's surrounded by these superstars. I mean, it, it, it's Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. You got a Lopez brother on there. I saw him play in college that, you know what I mean? Like that's how old the Lopez twins are now. And he's getting solid and contributing, uh, to that team. And look, and PJ Tucker coming in and being that defensive spark for this team. It's just built exactly how you would want your team to be built for, to, to be competitive for a, for a long amount of time. So touche to Milwaukee. Those fans were going crazy, had a little bit of anxiety seeing that many people together in one place. It's been a while, <laughs> but, uh, touche for them. What a cool experience to see that. And uh, Phoenix, don't hold your head down for too long because, again, with uh, with Book, 
with Aiton, uh, with Chris Paul, a lot of young pieces there too um, in Phoenix. So they got a bright future as well. So the NBA, this next generation of stars really showed up this playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. 65,000 people in the Deer District in Milwaukee. Which I feel like they shorted that. Yeah, it felt like there was more. The scenes from the championship parade, though, very odd to see the speed in which the bus made its way through the parade route. That bus was humming. I think they probably had to get it back to the terminal at a certain time, and they were like, well, we got to get through this uh, parade route here. Let's uh, let's step on it because they were going at I would say at least twenty five miles an hour through the route. Crazy, <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> crazy. Oh, good text here though from the two hundred six. David Robinson as a potential Giannis comparison, not bad. Ooh. But again, David Robinson really made a lot of his shots down low. Great, uh, all Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. He didn't really take a lot of mid range deep jump shots and Giannis can do that but similar David Robinson athleticism size length uh, that's a, that's a, a pretty good comparison to a six I like that yeah just a an incredible series he had uh, and then you mentioned you know the Phoenix Suns their young roster I mean the Bucks as well they've got a young group going there too I mean I am looking forward to seeing what this league is going to look like uh, with guys like Giannis and maybe Luca and just Trey Young sort of the yep. next the next generation of superstars in the NBA because you know we don't know how much longer LeBron has atop the league Chris Paul may have a couple of years left in him possibly so there's there's the league is in very good hands talent wise uh, and great to see a team that has suffered for as long as the Bucks have 50 years since their last title get that one which kind of brings up you know a topic that we're going to get to in NFL headlines if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, which, look, the Packers not very well liked around here. But let's say you were a Wisconsin sports fan. Would you take this Bucks title if it meant Aaron Rodgers never played another down for your Packers team? And maybe Devontae Adams, too, there, Curtis. Yeah. Might be missing. He might not be playing another one either. So, uh, but yeah, titles, banners, that's what it's all about. And you love Rodgers. He's brought the banner to, to Green Bay. Um, look, if it's, if, if he wants to retire and he wants to ride off into the sunset and, and choose his own destiny, choose his own adventure from here on out, RL Stein style, then, uh, more power to him. But, uh, I'm taking the banner. I'm taking the championship. I'm taking the parade. Um, you can't trade. Those moments are so hard to get. So yeah. Uh, uh, and look, I, I don't really like the Packers that much. So it's a pretty easy decision for me to make over here in Seattle. Another good comparison from the 360 on who Giannis reminds them of. They say Kevin Garnett meets Shaq. I think that's that's but that kind of speaks to the greatness that Giannis could be. I mean, those are two yeah. all-time legends in the game. Yeah, and I mean, and we're even talking young Shaq, right? Cuz even big Shaq he used his physicality a little bit more different, but the young Orlando Magic Shaq, you know, running the court when he and Penny were there. Uh, I definitely can see that as well. And KG, the big ticket, you know, his length, his size, the way he's able to score on offense, control the game on defense. That's a pretty good one. But again, so the three people we've mentioned are KG, Shaq, and David Robinson, who I think if you asked any basketball with fan would say those guys are probably in the top 25 all time for basketball legends, if not top 50. That's as far as I'll give you. But those guys left their legacy in the game. 
Absolutely, they did. Coming up in this hour, we're talking Olympics at 12.30. But up next, as we do each and every week, we take a trip around the NFL, look at some of the biggest headlines. We talked about them a little bit. We'll dive deeper into the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers drama. You love to see it if you're a Seahawks fan. That's coming up right here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. NFL headlines right here on Seattle Sports Saturday. And let's start with the biggest one from this week in the NFL. We're just a couple days away from training camp here in Seattle. A couple teams have reported, but looking at the Packers, boy, it is not going to be easy to win without Aaron Rodgers if he does, in fact, choose to retire. I know Pro Football Talk has mentioned that multiple sports books have basically said they think Aaron Rodgers will announce his retirement instead of reporting to Packers camp, which would be very interesting. It'd be uh, some deja vu all over again just as we've seen with Brett Favre and his situations over the years with the Packers. But also at hand is Devontae Adams' contract situation, which yesterday was reported to have been broken off with the Packers. There are no negotiations going on right now between the two sides, and it doesn't look like either side is going to rekindle those talks. And get this, Taylor. Last night on Instagram, both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers posted pictures on their Instagram stories of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan basically, I guess, equating this season to the last dance, maybe? I think that's kind of what people were reading between the lines. What did you make of their uh, their cryptic Instagram posts? Yeah, I didn't think it was that cryptic. That's exactly what they were saying, that this is, or maybe even last season was the last dance, and they had no idea, and uh, that it could all be done now for what? And uh, and I think, again, one of the threads of the last dance, which we watched a year ago all together, was uh, the GM and what Jerry Krause's, uh, what they thought about him in that locker room what they thought about him in that front office. And uh, it feels like it's starting to be a similar story in Green Bay with how some of the players are feeling about the GM there and and what he's done to not help this team succeed, unfortunately, in the eyes of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So quite a a turn in events from... uh, you know, a year ago, Aaron Rodgers with this great comeback season looks like he's back and going to be in Green Bay and competitive for years to come. And he might not even be playing in the NFL. Boy, this would be taking a page out of Brett Favre's playbook, but also it'd be taking a page out of Carson Palmer's playbook, who, if you remember, threatened retirement with the Bengals and they instead traded him to the Oakland Raiders. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers and Carson Palmer share an agent, the same agent that orchestrated Palmer's exit from Cincinnati. Think with your third eye. Uh, Not only that, and there was a player before Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay who did something similar to this, too. So, yeah, a weird, (laughs) weird situation for the Lambeau faithful right now. Um, It looks like things could be falling apart, but uh, again... Like that, uh, the gift from Hot Fuzz. Shame. What a shame. Oh, what a shame. Darn. Ah, 
You hate to see it. Actually, you love to yep. see it. You love if, to see it. If Aaron Rodgers is not the Packers quarterback in 2021, that leaves the door open for a lot of teams in the NFC to make a run at it. And if you're the Seahawks, Aaron Rodgers has been a thorn in your side for, what, 15 years now? If he's not there, I mean, that's got to increase the urgency from a lot of teams who are knocking on the door of contention like the Seahawks have been over the last few years. I wonder if that does force the Seahawks to maybe make a trade in, in order to add a piece that they were kind of thinking you know may put them over the top. But now if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in 2021, maybe that sort of increases the urgency not only from them, but from like the Rams, the 49ers, uh, you know, teams in the NFC East like the Cowboys, Maybe, you know, other teams in the NFC South, New Orleans. I would imagine they're still going to be good even though Drew Brees is no longer there. It's going to make for a much more wide-open race in the NFC if Aaron Rodgers is not there. Yeah, I was just going to say, last year if you had told me, this year no Drew Brees, no Aaron Rodgers to worry about. It's pretty much Tom Brady and that's it. All right, I'll take it. Well, you got to end the division. Of course, the division. Beyond the division is really what I meant there. But, yeah. I'll take it. Just have a weak NFC North. Have a weaker NFC South without a Drew Brees here for this is great news. Seahawks fans, come on. We should be four days away from training camp. You should be excited that the NFC is faltering. Uh, and the Seahawks again have are, are positioned to re-sign Adams, extend Dwayne Brown, maybe go out and get KJ Wright back. So uh good time to be a Seahawks fan. Good times, good times. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks, a player that I think the fan base has kept their eye on this offseason, especially because of the position that he plays and sort of the, I guess, the the holes on the Seahawks roster right now, that'd be at the cornerback position. Stephon Gilmore, former Defensive Player of the Year for the Patriots, he has reported to Patriots camp, so that bodes well for him playing this season. I think a lot of people are wondering, whether or not he would hold out as he's kind of seeking a new contract, and if a holdout would then increase the likelihood that he gets dealt. Now, I'm saying I'm not saying the Patriots won't deal him. There's a very real possibility that could still happen, but I don't think this increases the likelihood of him getting dealt during training camp, which, look, if you're the Seahawks, they've been very active in the last few years during training camp or in the weeks leading up to it. We saw Jadevian Clowney a couple of years ago. We saw Jamal Adams a year ago. If Stephon Gilmore is that guy, I don't know if this increases the likelihood. In fact, I don't think this increases the likelihood of a trade happening between the Patriots and Seahawks during camp. No, it feels like they're going to figure something out there in New England, whether it is the trade or it is an extension. But uh, it doesn't feel like the Seahawks will be in play for that. It will probably cost too much. And again, the closer we get, he did report. The more he shows up and, and is participating in Patriot activities, the more and more I would wager he's a Patriot for this season and maybe even beyond just because, again, it feels like they're going to fit. He would still be holding out or not reporting if he wanted some of that quote-unquote leverage still so the fact that he's there it feels like the Bobby Wagner situation where he might not practice but he'll be there to show that he supports the team and that he wants to be there long term 
Another big uh, name in the NFC that might not be there at the start of the season, that'd be Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, who has been one of the best receivers statistically over the last four or five years. But he underwent ankle surgery recently and is expected to miss the first few weeks of the regular season. Whether that means New Orleans puts him on the pup list to start the year remains to be seen. But with him not likely to be there at the start of the season and with the questions at quarterback New Orleans has, I mean, that's a safety blanket that Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston won't have this season, at least to start. I mean, makes things a little bit tougher for New Orleans in that NFC South race and also in just the NFC race uh, period because, look, Drew Brees, he's not coming back. Like, he's he's in retirement. He's got a good gig with NBC here. Uh, no Michael Thomas to start the year for the Saints. Taylor, do you think New Orleans takes a step back in 2021 or, or do you think they still remain on that short list of contenders in the NFC? I think they take a step back. I don't think I think the Bucks will will tighten their grip on the NFC South. But look, I think they'll be a competitive team. I think Michael Thomas, when he returns, Alvin Kamara, you know, Taysom Hill can put up some yardage at some point. Can he run the offense efficient enough to just keep him competitive? Um, you know, I, I still think this team will be one to not overlook, but I don't think they are the Saints of old anymore. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be the team that puts 40 points up at will. I do think Alvin Kamara is is a very, very dangerous threat in that backfield of theirs. We saw him, what, set or tie the NFL record for touchdowns in a single game last year. So there's always that threat of him going off. But, look, Taysom Hill has never put the fear of God into me when, when he is out on the field. And for whatever reason, the Saints love him as this weapon, this quarterback-ish type player. You've got Jameis Winston there, too, who, look, he's struggled with turnovers in his career. I think their question marks at quarterback are going to be really tough to answer this season, especially because, as the old saying goes, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And New Orleans right now does not seem to have one guy that stands out above the rest. Uh, Some housekeeping notes uh, with the NFL season here. They will carry over flexible practice squad after rules into the 2021 season. We saw them increase the size of the practice squad last year in order to accommodate guys who may test positive uh, or enter into COVID protocol as they're awaiting their results. I think this is a great move by the NFL. In fact, I would love it for them to, to keep the practice squad uh, at a much at a higher note or a higher uh, number because look it's it's giving guys more jobs in the league and also look these rosters I think need to be expanded in some way because of just the physical toll some of these guys take I like the move I think this is something the NFL should consider keeping around yeah I haven't seen a downside yet to it um I guess, you know, people may find a way to, to, to game the system, but it really feels like we're a ways away from people figuring out how to use that one extra practice squad spot to just kind of mess with the rest of the league. But for now, I think it works great. Uh, I agree with you, Curtis. Leave it in place, especially this season, while they're still figuring things out with the vaccines and, and who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated. So... 
have it there as that as that just in case fail safe. Uh, I, I see no downside. In case of emergency, break glass. That's what this yep. is, and I, I think that's a good thing to have in place, especially with still plenty of uncertainty heading into the 2021 season. Coming up next on Seattle Sports Saturday, in about 25 minutes from now, we'll get you our shout-outs. Text those into the Mac and Jacks text line 710-710. But the Olympics, they are in full swing right now in Tokyo. We'll talk about some of our favorite Olympic memories and also what we're expecting from these games over the next couple of weeks. That's next on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Text your shout-outs in to the Mac and Jacks text line 710-710. That's where you want to go if you want to get yours read with us in about 15 minutes from now here on 710 ESPN Seattle. This is Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We really appreciate you making us a part of your set of your late Saturday morning, early Saturday afternoon, Mariners taking on the A's later on today on 710 ESPN Seattle. You can hear the pregame show with Shannon Dreyer. That gets started at 6 p.m. right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. But last night there was the big opening ceremony to the Tokyo Olympics, uh, which took place, I think, in the wee hours of the morning yesterday, but it was tape delayed, uh, played back by NBC in prime time. Shout out to Sue Bird, Seattle Storm icon, Seattle sports legend, being one of the flag holders for the United States. Shout out to her and uh, just a tremendous honor. And I guess that kind of inspired this segment here as we are in an Olympic season, which it's odd that it's happening in an odd numbered year because that just doesn't normally happen. But there were some obviously extenuating circumstances over the last calendar year. But we're here in the summer games, and I mean, there's plenty of questions as to whether or not these games will go off without a hitch. I you hope that they do because obviously there's plenty of you know public health things at, at stake here if they don't. But I look at the games themselves, and Taylor, what are you most looking forward to over the next couple of weeks when it comes to just the competition we're about to see, and just maybe. There are new Olympic heroes that uh, become part of just, you know, everybody's household name list. Yeah, I mean, the one cool thing about the Olympics is every country has, you know, multiple sides, right? Everyone has their different groups in every country, and they disagree on a lot of topics. There's a lot of contention around the world. There's a lot of problems and all of these types of things and when the olympics happens it almost feels like a lot of those get not put on hold but we are all sort of united in one thing and it's supporting the country that we live in our home country there's so much pride that people can take in the olympics and seeing athletes from their country compete win you know just show up be there all of those things and there's so many different um emotions people take from the Olympics. And I think that's one thing people sort of overlook. And to me, it just feels like we get united every four years in something that is so, it is truly meaningless. They're just games, right? At the end of the day, 
they're just athletes competing in these games and, and Fortunately, no one's life is on the line when they're competing in the Olympics. So you can take true pride in in someone going out there and just giving it their all, trying to represent their country. So to me, seeing all the athletes, it didn't matter if it was two, four, six athletes, all the way up to the 400 some odd athletes America has. Um, I think the Olympics are, again, one of the special things in sports. And if you're a fan of sports, this should be what gets you excited and what thrills you about the games is seeing people competing for nothing but the love of game and country, right? So uh, I still love it. I still get excited about it, and I'm still hoping people out there get excited about it. Yeah, I, I these are, as a kid, the Summer Olympics and, and also the Winter Olympics, those were marquee events that you circle on your calendar. And I think with how much other sports, you know, the, the big four here in America and then other sports globally like soccer and uh, they, they are much more year round events, year round sports that we just dissect and, and, and focus in on 365 days a year. Whereas the Olympics, it's usually these two weeks. And then very rarely do we check back in, in between Olympic years but there's that opportunity for somebody who is not well known to the sporting world to burst themselves onto the scene. You know, think back to the 2016 Olympics. Not a lot was known about like Katie Ledecky. And I mean, Simone Biles' name was known, but then her performance in Rio, pardon the pun, vaulted her into the stratosphere of, you know, superstardom. And now we're seeing them back out there on the Olympic stage over the next couple of weeks. And it's going to be must-see TV when those two super-duper stars are out there absolutely dominating their competition. Was it Katie Ledecky has like 14 of the 15 top times in her, in her event. And it, like nobody is within like double-digit seconds of her ever in those competitions. Just as Simone Biles is expected to run away with the, the all-around medal again. I I am so looking forward to those moments. And also I'm looking forward to, look, uh, men's basketball and women's basketball has been an American sport, or at least at the Olympics, for the better part of their entire existence. Is that the case this year? Maybe. But look, that means the competition in those sports is getting better globally, and I think that is an incredible thing for those games itself. Uh, you look, Team USA is going to struggle on the men's side of the bracket. They're just now getting to full health. Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday are coming straight off the NBA Finals with really no time to rest in between. They're having to travel across the world to go play immediately after playing in the most important event of their lives to this point. I mean, how is Team USA going to be able to you know, find that level to get to a gold medal. If they win a gold medal, it'll be impressive. I will still be impressed by it, even if it is a tough route that they take to get there. So there's still plenty to watch in these games. And look, we know the household names of the basketball teams, but knowing the the household names that come from the other sports, I think that is the beauty of these Olympics is that it is their time to shine. It's their time to show just like how, big and how big of a moment they can you know make this and and live up to and and capitalize on it yeah and i think there's a good text here from the 206 curtis and i think it brings up a good point Uh, i'm 69 and i just can't see skateboarding and bmx bikes are an olympic sport and 
my plea to the 206 is to just to give it a shot because this is truly going to be the the best of the best, right? And that's what sports fans if you're a true sports fan, look, there's people who just support the teams in the cities they like because it's easy to do, right? And then there are people who love sports. They love the games. They love the competition. They love every aspect that goes into it. And if you are one of those people, 206, you're 69, you've seen some great Olympic events, give it a shot. Open yourself up because you might see someone compete at the highest level and it might make you realize what you're missing. And look, you're not going to be a skateboarding fan or a BMXing fan. I'm not trying to convince you of that. But you might see someone compete at the highest level they'll ever compete. Or they might push themselves to a place you might not get to see in normal skateboarding or BMX biking or whatever sport it may be. So 206, I uh, just please be open to looking at some of those things and looking at the competition because I think you'll find that it's really exciting. I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see some moments that we look back on as, as just some incredible athletic achievements and just moments that we kind of look back on and say, man, where were you when this happened? It happens every Olympics. Taylor, when you look back on Olympics of the past, are there any moments that stick out to you as, as ones where you will never forget where you were or just ones that have stuck with you for your entire sports fandom? Yeah, I mean, the the one big one is, you know, I was eight years old, 1996, Atlanta, the gymnastics team, the Carrie Strug nailing oh, the, the vault on the broken leg, what we call now a broken leg. Um, it is, it gives me goosebumps. I think it truly represents, again, the best of what you can be as an athlete. That you can find this place where you can push yourself, even in one of the toughest injuries, even in an injury that seems like it would be impossible to go out and do what you do, and then to go out and accomplish it was so cool. I, I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about her and what the, what that gymnastics team accomplished and, and what they unfortunately had to go through with some of their coaches and some of the things outside of gymnastics, which has been revealed to be extremely difficult. So in spite of all of that for her to go out and accomplish that, to bring the country together, to have this moment. And we all love that team and that gymnastics team. And uh, that, that, that to me will stand out. Michael Phelps, again, winning all the golds and being so dominant in that, that Olympics as well. Um, There's just a whole lot of special moments, like things like that. I wasn't alive for Lake Placid. I'm assuming anyone who was alive, I'm assuming if you ask the Graz, he's going to have a different feeling because he had tickets and chose not to go to that game. Um, <laughs> so there's so many, so many cool moments in the Olympics. Those are just a couple. I don't want to take away from anything else. But what about you, Curtis? Is there a moment, a big thing that sticks out to you? Yeah, a couple moments that stick out to me. Uh, you mentioned those 96 games. Another event in that games was Michael Johnson winning the 400 meters, wearing the gold spikes, and just bringing down the house there what was then Turner Field uh, at uh, the Atlanta Games. And then in Michael Phelps's run towards eight gold medals in Beijing in 08, the two races that stick out to me, the one relay race against uh, where they catch the French national team and then beat them uh, with Jason Lezak's final sprint to the finish line, uh, that was just an, an 
an amazing, amazing run uh, there. And then also the race where Phelps either tied the record with Mark Spitz or broke the record where he won it on the final stroke against uh, a guy named, I think it was like Milorad Kavich, where Kavich was kind of coasting towards the finish line and Phelps had one last stroke in him and that final stroke beat Kavich to the finish, beat him by a fingertip. Uh, those two moments in that run towards eight gold medals really stick out to me as just ones that I will never forget. And I'm not even like a huge swimming fan. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to you, Stacy Rost, our swimming insider on 710 ESPN Seattle. Uh, but those two moments really uh, sort of stick out to me as ones that I will never forget in terms of my Olympic viewing experience. Coming up on Seattle Sports Saturday, we've got one segment to go. It is time for shout outs. Text yours in to the text line 710 710. Who are you shouting out? We'll tell you who we're shouting out right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturday with you for just a little bit longer here on this Saturday. Shout out to you for joining us. Big week here in town with the addition of the Seattle Kraken. We've got the expansion draft and just so much happening and everywhere you look in Seattle sports, uh, I mean, just a power-packed week here that we had. And, I mean, I am so excited for the future uh, of Seattle sports. I mean, look, it is it is, it is is bright. you got to wear some shades, just like uh, today's weather here. Uh, some good texts coming in on the text line about moments in Olympic history that everybody kind of looks back on. 206 says Usain Bolt. And, I mean, nine gold medals in nine events. I mean, just an an unprecedented run that he had during his Olympic career. The greatest sprinter ever, and I don't think that is hyperbole at all. No, and looking at the cameras while running ahead of every single person, taunting, flaunting the victory seconds before. I mean, we're talking about a 10-second race, and he's he's taunting the guys for two, three seconds. So Usain Bolt... Absolutely dominant. Unbelievable. Again, not hyperbole. The best short distance runner of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, the 206 says Rulon Gardner beating Alexander Carillon of the uh, Russian wrestling team, a guy who had never lost in international competition. And Gardner, who his story is just ridiculous when you look back on it. I think he's survived a plane crash he's survived like frostbite something like that and he's also an olympic champion beating him in you know one of the most under one of the biggest underdogs ever and coming away with that victory Uh, i remember him doing cartwheels on the wrestling mat right after that's one of the most in, in unforgettable images in Olympic sports history. Uh, so, yeah, Ruan Gardner, another great one. Shout out to the 206 text and that one in. Uh, and like we said, that's a, an example of these people who no one knows about becoming American sports heroes. And we wouldn't know who Ruan Gardner is without the Olympics. 
Yeah, or even just local heroes, right? 360, our, Fred, our friend Fred in Birch Bay shouting out Charlie Green, gold medalist in the 4x1 relay in the 1968 Olympics. Yeah, those people, Apollo Ono, you know what I mean? Those guys live here still, and they have that impact in this community. And it's so awesome. And, and again, like 206 here, they, they've seen some of the best runners. They saw the runners raise their fists. They saw the Munich games with Israel and the other side of the spectrum of how horrible things can get. They saw the hockey teams win over the USSR. Watching Carl Lewis, you know, watching Michael Johnson, seeing some of these things. I mean, this is what sports is about. That's why we're talking to you on a Saturday is having fun, re- remembering moments like this and, and what they do to us, how they shape us, how they make us different human beings and how the, these people achieving greatness can help push uh, us regular, you know, Joes to be great at whatever we're doing as well. And I think that's, what's great about the Olympics. Again, every country has their issues. No country is truly united, but these are the moments that unite us. And if we allow them to bring us together, it shows us how powerful we can be and, and how great when we, we are united, the United States of America and other countries are. So I love the Olympics. I love watching all the games, the competitions, it could be curling. It could be esports. I honestly don't care. If you show me the best of the best competing, I want to see it. So uh, that's what I'll, I'll shout out the best of the best this week. <laughs> we, we've talked a lot about past sports memories, but I'm excited for the future ones we get with the Seattle Kraken. And that brings me to this text on the text line 425. It's a shout out to all the sports legends from Seattle showing up for the Kraken draft. Can't wait to see who will become the first couple of Kraken legends. And Man, we like we've got a brand new team. Like there are actual players to talk about. There's roster construction conversations stemming from the expansion draft. There's free agency talk. They're still going on with the NHL draft today as they enter into the final rounds of those picks. But like we've got ourselves a hockey team now. Like we have been talking so much about you know, the process of bringing a team here and then getting the okay from the NHL, referring to them as NHL Seattle for all those years, getting the team name. It all just kind of felt like, yeah, that's all in in the past or that's all coming up. That's all coming down the pipe. It's here now. Like this team is a real deal thing. They will be playing games in October, starting with their regular season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights down in Las Vegas. They've got their home opener against the Canucks on the 23rd. Like, this is a real deal thing. And just shout out to everybody who has made this happen. You know, you and I, Taylor, we have been hockey fans in our lives. Your your mom is from Toronto, which is a hockey-mad city. Like, all they care about is the Leafs up there. Uh, you know, I, I've followed the nhl since i was a little kid my dad's a huge hockey fan uh went to thunderbirds games all throughout my childhood to have an nhl team in the city of seattle like yeah people are gonna say oh but it's not the sonics correct but be thankful for what you have like this is something that thousands upon thousands of sports fans in this town have craved for decades almost a century now and it is finally here. Shout out to anybody that has had a hand in making this happen because we've got a legit like NHL franchise on our hands now. 
Yeah, and to those Sonics people, look, I'm a I'm a diehard Sonics fan. Still, they're my favorite team of all time. This is how we show the NBA we're ready to come back and to do it better than we ever did. And this is our reintroduction to the rest of the country that Seattle is a major sports city and we have and are working to have every single major team playing in this city and in the downtown area. Look, you'll have the big four with basketball or pardon me, the big three without basketball. And then you have the Sounders. So if you get the Sonics back at some point, you got it all. You have everything you could possibly want. So to me, this is, again, everything the Kraken have done. I'm so excited. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm giving them literally some of my hard-earned money to be a part of this. Uh, and you know radio doesn't pay that well, and the expenses, the tickets are expensive. So you know I'm really committed to the Kraken. And I'm just so excited, again, to, to see some games, to, to make memories, to experience that with other fans. The new arena climate pet pledge to have that new arena downtown, the concerts it's going to bring, the the new restaurants and the nightlife it's going to bring back to that area. Um, I, I'm just so ready for it. Seattle's ready for it. We're, we've grown up a lot since the Sonics have left as a city, and now we are ready to show the rest of the country. We're one of the best sports cities in this country, and then I, I will believe that as long as there's oxygen in my body that the fans and the people who support the teams here are rarely matched around the country and even around the world, in my opinion. So touche to the, to the fans for, for supporting the team and helping make it happen. As Chance the Rapper once said, let's do that hockey. And that is going to do, do it. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. He's Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. Make sure you're stick, sticking around for Mariners pregame. It gets going at 6 p.m. right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners tonight as they take on the Oakland A's. That'll do it for us. We'll be back here next week. This is Seattle Sports Saturday on 710 ESPN Seattle.